This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. This is Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hani Balkis. Happy Thursday, everyone, and good afternoon. Hope you're all having a blessed afternoon and excited for the weekend. You're listening to Future Talk. This is the one and only place where we give you a quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. We've got a very exciting show in store for all of you as we discuss some pretty... Pretty sad news for anyone who owns a Google operating system because Google has banned six dangerous applications off of its Android system. And we're going to be revealing what are those applications that you may just need to uninstall very soon. Coming up on today's show as well, we're going to be talking about Apple and their latest announcement of how our driver license, our IDs, you name it, they're all going to become a part of our wallet app. And man, am I excited for this news because this is going to make it a lot easier for you to just keep track of all of your important documents without necessarily having to keep them all in your physical wallet. In the world of weird tech, we are celebrating with a pizza party. We're celebrating the weekend and so are some astronauts because astronauts did throw a very interesting world pizza party on the International Space Station. The question is, were they able to eat the pizza? Because we do know on the International Space Station, we don't necessarily have lots of gravity. So it's going to be interesting to see how the pizza was actually eaten. In the world of apps, we're also going to be talking about LinkedIn and how they are actually giving up on stories in September. Why didn't they work out and what next plans do they have in store for this website? We're going to be giving you all those details in just a few moments. Lots and lots is in store right here on today's show. So make sure you keep Pulse95 locked and we'll be right back. Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Eight popular apps. If you have them, then you may just be in a little bit of danger. Google has recently banned eight popular apps for hiding a malware that is known as the Joker malware. So this malware or malicious software is actually very interesting because what it does is hide inside innocent looking applications and it's capable of infecting users up to the point where it could potentially shut down your entire phone. And these applications were actually available previously on the Google Play Store. Google is slowly removing them, but if you have them on your phone, you must uninstall them immediately. So the eight applications that are hiding the Joker malware are known as the Auxiliary Message, Element Scanner, Fast Magic SMS, Free Cam Scanner. Believe it or not, this app is available almost everywhere, even on some iOS stores. A lot of people have it downloaded. I know I have it. Lots of family members do as well. Another app is called Go Messages. One more is Super Message, Great SMS, and Travel Wallpapers. If you have any of those eight applications, you must go ahead and uninstall them because the Joker virus can basically access all of your text messages, all of your contact details, and a lot more information that is found on your smartphone. One of them being your credentials. So your credit card details, these are all can be these can all be accessed very easily by any hacker through the Joker virus. Um, this is news that is coming from researchers who have been digging deep, digging deep into the cybersecurity of the Google Play Store. And what they have also found out is that a lot of people are actually subscribing to websites that offer paid services on this or on these applications. So that basically means that let's say you have purchased a specific app, you've signed up for the free trial at the end of the month, you were going to be subscribed to it. 
if you do not de uninstall this application by the end of the month, you may just receive your credit card statement with a lot more than just the subscription of the app itself because the Joker malware is installed within these apps and those hackers have access to all of your credit card details. So the Joker malware was actually first discovered back in 2019. It's not, you know, it's not new. It's not a new malware software to us, but it is the first time that cybersecurity researchers discover that this malware exists in those applications. And a lot of researchers have actually been seeing a huge increase in apps that have become infected with the Joker malware. So phone security companies have actually been researching a lot more into which applications have this malware and how can they prevent people and just regular users from getting infected by it. The company also does warn that cyber thieves routinely try to find new and different unique ways to try and introduce this malware into official and unofficial app stores. So this goes to all users who they kind of don't feel worried about downloading apps from third-party websites. We typically hear a lot from cybersecurity researchers about the importance of only downloading from the App Store for iOS if you have an iPhone and the Google Play Store if you have an Android. But cybersecurity experts are also seeing a lot of people downloading from the Play Store yet still getting infected. And that's exactly why you should be checking your smartphone regularly for any apps that are out there on the market that have been announced to contain the Joker malware. So now we have the eight popular apps that cybersecurity researchers are, you know, constantly advising us to remove, to delete if we have it on our phone and to not use the app altogether if we have never downloaded it but have heard of it recently. So I'll just repeat the apps once again. If you have them on your phone, make sure you go ahead and uninstall them this weekend so that you can prevent bigger drama later on. The eight apps are Auxiliary Message, Element Scanner, Fast Magic SMS, Free Cam Scanner, Go Messages, Super Message, Great SMS, and Travel Wallpapers. Let me know if you have any of those apps downloaded and what are your thoughts about certain applications having malware when we have no clue that they are. You know, they appear like regular apps on the App Store. That's what's interesting about this Joker malware is it typically, you know, we typically hear about apps being in or being fishy for us as users if we download them from websites, unknown websites, places that we just don't trust. But when they're found on, you know, the App Store, the Play Store, then how can we differentiate between what's a good app and what's a bad app? Let me know your thoughts for 215 Salt or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Coming up, we're talking all about Apple and how they are going to be a lot more creative when it comes to storing our important documents, driver license, you know, car registration, paperwork, you name it. It's all going to be a part of your iPhone. So keep Pulse95 locked to find out more about it. You're listening to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. We've got a very interesting discussion today when it comes to where do you keep your important documents? You know, your, driving, your driver license, your car registration, your... Right here in the UAE, your Emirates ID, you know, uh, tenancy contracts, you name it. Do you have them in a special folder? Do you all have them stuck in your wallet? What do you do with them? Because Apple has decided to basically digitize everything. And this is actually becoming a reality where... You know, your driver license, your car registration, they're going to be found on your phone. So you do not have to keep 
basically a physical copy of it in your own wallet. This reality is taking place in the US in eight different states in the United States. And this new feature is actually rolling out for users to be able to add their driver's license as well as their state IDs, which is similar to our Emirate IDs right here in the UAE on their Apple wallet. So if you are an iPhone user, if you're an Apple Watch user, you can basically pull them out very seamlessly and use them at security whenever you are passing through any airport. Now, Arizona and Georgia are actually the first states to adopt the feature and many other states will be following very soon. However, Apple did not reveal any timeline on when this would be rolling out globally. Yet we do know that it's coming very soon. So this news actually comes just months after Apple announced in their worldwide developers conference, the one that we wait for every summer, that they were actually working on the feature to basically digitize all of our personal and important documents. So this up Update is a very important step in the plan that Apple has to replace all of our physical wallets into digitized one once and this is going to be making it a lot more convenient for us as travelers to be able to you know arrive at that touchless reality being able to cross through the airport without necessarily having to pull out any physical copies of your COVID-19 vaccine or your COVID-19 PCR test not having to showcase your uh, let's say Emirates ID not having to showcase your driver's license you name it physically just pulling up your phone and they're found on your wallet so adding IDs to the wallet app is very similar to the way our credit card works with Apple Pay so if you've ever used Apple Pay you would notice how easy it is and how seamless to just pay by tapping your phone whether even even with the what's it called even with the your airline tickets nowadays once you let's say you booked a ticket online they'll, they'll be able to showcase very seamlessly on your wallet app you won't even have to print out your ticket so apple is planning to do the same exact thing with their driver the user's driver's license as well as their car registration so as a user all you'll have to do is scan your id and it'll always be there on your wallet so uh, they're also going to be adding different security measures because i know security is a big concern when it comes to having all of our important documents on our phone so apple is planning to use face id so that they can help secure uh, this feature and you know allow us to still store our documents but make sure that no hacking would uh, basically put them at stake so you'll have to complete a facial and head movements so that you can go ahead and add another layer of security so after tapping your mobile just like you would with your apple pay you'll double click on the side your id will show up and you'll be able to simply tap your phone at any of the identity readers in the airports of the United States and you'll be able to pass through. No need to wait, no need to pull up any physical copies. The company did say that customer data is encrypted and protected against tampering and theft. So in uh, the best case scenario, we should be safe. But at the same time, people still worry a little bit about having their important documents online. I know we all did when Apple Pay first became a reality. A lot of people were against using it. They were saying, you know, having my credit card details on my phone, that's a bit thats a bit too risky. It's a big risk to take. Uh, what if my phone gets stolen? That means my credit card details are at stake over here. And they're all worries that are in the right place, you know? You're never too safe. But at the same time, we're all moving towards that digital reality, that digital future. We're once upon a time you know we had magnetic strips on credit cards and now soon enough we may not even have credit cards altogether in a physical form so i do feel like 
as time goes on, we'll kind of get used to the fact that all, all of our IDs are found on our phone. Um, Apple is currently also offering mobile student IDs to allow people to access campus buildings in the U.S. So I think this would be a great transition step, you know, using the Apple Wallet for IDs that are important in your life, but not necessarily too important. So your student ID, maybe your workplace ID, these are all IDs that even if, God forbid, you know, they were hacked into, your phone was hacked into, it's not going to be too big of a disaster, you know, as big as a disaster of having your Emirates ID or state ID in the US, you know, be uh, taken away. So let me know what are your thoughts, but I'm excited to see this new ID feature available on the iPhone software that is coming this fall in just a couple of days. On the 14th of September, we're going to be hearing all about the newest iOS software update as well as the new phones that are going to be making their grand entrance to our lives. Our text lines are open for 215 door it or sign into RDMs at Pulse95 Radio. Are you excited for a future where you will have digital versions of all of your important and documents. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Stories. They're found now on probably every social media application that you could possibly think of. Yeah, pretty much. When we talk about Instagram, they have Insta stories. When we talk about Twitter, they also have fleets, which, I mean, they were put to rest, but still Twitter thought of introducing them. Uh, YouTube, they also have stories. Facebook has stories. Every social media app now has stories. And so did LinkedIn. However, LinkedIn basically followed the footsteps of Twitter and they decided to put their LinkedIn stories to rest. They're actually they're actually shutting down this option by the end of September. And the reason behind it, I would assume it will be the same exact reason as why Twitter has decided to put them to rest. When Twitter, you know, shut down fleets, they said that they had bigger plans for fleets to basically help connect people, to help them, you know, communicate with one another, want to start conversations with each other. However, this was not what happened. People were annoyed by them. Not many people used them. And that's kind of the reason why they decided to go ahead and shut them down. So part of the reason for the shutdown of stories on LinkedIn, though, is that users just didn't want disappearing videos, especially on a professional work website you know i'd like to think of twitter like uh, of linkedin like how many others think of it you know it's a website where you can kind of showcase a live version of your cv you know you can post all of your accomplishments reflect on your previous positions if you have any vacancies a lot of companies would post on the platform on it so a lot of people didn't want you know, whatever videos they were working on, whether it was to promote themselves or to promote their services to disappear after 24 hours. So LinkedIn, what they had in mind is that they assumed people would want kind of an informal manner on the LinkedIn stories, you know, something to break the ice with their employees or employers, etc. However, people didn't want that. People wanted somewhere and something to tell their story somewhere that would be lasting long long lasting so they decided to put stories to rest and just leave normal posts where people can go ahead and create lasting videos to tell their professional story in a personal way that would showcase both their personality yet their expertise at the same time so like LinkedIn, uh, we've seen Twitter kind of observe the way users respond to the feature of stories and we've seen people kind of 
not really enjoy fleets on Twitter. I know Hani Balqis didn't. Um, a lot of people were complaining that they would lag too much, that they were stuck. You know, you had a lot of guidelines on what type of quality you can include on Twitter fleets. And that's kind of the same story with LinkedIn. So the two shutdowns could potentially signal kind of a pullback from the video products on certain social media companies. And I, and I really like uh, when companies kind of revise the features that they launch. Not every feature works on every platform. We kind of, we, we, we all know it deep down, but some people like to try things out. So, you know, stories were first created on Snapchat and they were a big hit. Instagram came, they introduced stories. They actually were a much bigger hit than what, what stories were on Snapchat. And the reason behind that is because Instagram is already a photo and video sharing platform. People love to share kind of picture-perfect moments of their lives, a highlight reel. And Instagram introducing stories went with the same storyline. When YouTube introduced, you know, YouTube stories, it was successful for some users, but in reality, how many of us kind of watch YouTube stories? Not that many. Same with Facebook. You know, Facebook introducing stories kind of felt like just a copy of Instagram. WhatsApp stories... I know some people like to use those, especially the older generation, and they don't even call them stories. They call them status. You add it to your status and it becomes viewed as a story. Yeah, still, the only success we've seen with with stories are Instagram stories. So let me know which type of stories do you enjoy the most? Do you watch Facebook stories? Do you like WhatsApp stories? And did you ever use LinkedIn stories? That's going to be an interesting one because I I honestly can't think of many people who from my or for the people I'm connected with on LinkedIn that posted uh, LinkedIn stories. I feel like I can count them on one hand. Um, Coming up on today's show, we still have lots to share with you as we discuss an Irish tech firm that is helping kids' voices be heard. We constantly talk about Alexa. We talk about Siri and how they can acknowledge who is speaking to them. You know, when you say, hey, Siri, Siri will know exactly that I'm Omnia or you are whatever your name is um but can they do the same can voice assistants do the same with kids keep pulse 95 locked to find out more about it this is pulse 95 take this out take this out If you mention voice technology or voice recognition systems, most people will think of Amazon's Alexa, will think of Siri, will think of Microsoft's Cortana, but not many people will think of voice technology or voice recognition technology that are designed for kids because the majority of the personal artificial intelligence that we see out there on the market, they're basically integrated into our everyday life, but they only are mainly aimed towards adults. And many people might be thinking, you know, why would we even need to have that for children? Well, a lot of technology is being designed specifically for children, whether we're talking about educational games, whether we're talking about toys, robotic toys that are mainly aimed towards, you know, keeping children a little bit more comfortable, they have company when parents are not around. And that's exactly what a tech startup named Soapbox wanted to change. They wanted voice technology that is aimed towards kids. So what they did was basically kind of recognize and pinpoint what are the differences between children voices and adult voices and try to kind of highlight that difference with the brand new voice technology that they were introducing. So one big difference between our voice as adults and the voices of children is the pitch. Kids tend to have a much higher pitch. 
some kids tend to use different language or different speech patterns, which voice technology can't always pick up on. And that's understandable because we've seen tech industries kind of spend decades working on this technology while only focusing on adults. So when you try and apply that technology on children, it does not work. So the only option is to basically start from scratch. And that's exactly what a voice engine known Soapbox did. They were focusing on children's voices aged from the age of 2 up until the age of 12. And they created a data set to basically train the AI system. That data set was made up of thousands and thousands of hours of children's speech that they collected in real-world noisy environments. Kitchens, classrooms, cars, you name it. Kids of all ages, different accents, different dialects. They were all compiled from a total of 192 countries. And all this data was fed into the AI system of the soapbox. So they created a system just like the one that works for our voice, but this one is only for children. So this is actually opening up a whole new market, a whole new world that we never knew even existed. We didn't even think that we needed it. But when you think about it, voice assistants, according to lots of research that was compiled, Voice assistants are, accept, are expected to be in use by the year 2024 by more than 8 billion digital users. So by the year 2024, we may not even talk to each other. We are only going to have voice assistants talking to one another. And that's exactly why we've seen some tech giants, one of them being Amazon, actually also focus on kids. They created the Echo Dot Kids, which has an Alexa that's only for children. So Soapbox is basically trying to help children read or write in a specific language. So it's going to help them in their schoolwork. Uh, you can also use it to entertain kids. So you can record the child's progress, how they're interacting with their friends and loved ones, and even with the voice assistant itself when the parents are not home. Um, I, like, I like the use of technology, the increased use of, it, of technology for kids nowadays because we always, you know, we would always hire nannies. We'd always sign up kids to go to nurseries. But what if we can just bring them a voice assistant? That voice assistant can have them experience different gaming techniques, maybe even have them travel different countries through virtual reality or augmented reality experiences, yet at the same time, still have that option to monitor them at all times. So with voice technology and having that become more geared more towards children whether it's you know by buying a separate device like alexa and ha have her on ha on standby at all times or even have voice assistants kind of integrated into different toys and games that we would buy for children one major challenge is privacy when you create voice technology we do know that with alexa let's say she's listening at all times and that's what caused a lot of people to kind of um, feel disappointed by Amazon, feel like we're being watched and heard all the time. So would you really trust voice technology or voice assistance for kids? You know, they may be listening on conversations that parents may have. Um, what's, what's interesting about the new soapbox that was invented is the fact that you can turn it off. You can turn it off when the parents are home. You can turn it off when the children are not or are being supervised so the voice data is never listening when it shouldn't be listening also you can have access to all of the voice files so you can make sure that they're not being shared with other companies that they're not being shared with third parties and that your digital privacy and the rights of your children are being 
taken into consideration. Let me know what your thoughts are and have you ever thought of having voice technology mainly aimed towards your child? And do you use Alexa yourself? Do you use Alexa or Siri on a day-to-day basis? And what do you ask them to do? Our text lines are open, 4215, door it's or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Coming up on Future Talk, we have a very interesting story. One that I'm actually very excited to celebrate Thursday with pizza. I mean, Thursday is just known. It's the day where you enjoy a good meal. A good meal, what we like to call a cheat meal. Not a cheat dick, just a cheat meal. And astronauts were actually celebrating themselves in outer space. They had a world pizza party on board the International Space Station. My question is, were they able to eat the pizza? Because we know gravity does not exist in outer space. It's very minimal. Let's find out. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. I have a very special guest on this segment. And the reason why I got him on this segment is because every Thursday, anyone who knows me knows that Thursday is cheat day or cheat meal day. And every Thursday, I love to celebrate it with some form of food that I would not usually have during the week. Either pizza, mm-hmm. sushi. <laughs> Yummy. Feels left out of every sushi night. Um, <laughs> and that's the one and only Mikhail Altia. Every Thursday. Every, every actually every Sunday, I've okay. got to I've got to hear a remark about how we had sushi without him, how we had pizza without him. You know, you, you see so many Insta stories, you know, mm. uh, of the squad, and it's like the I want to be I want to be part of that life. I want <laughs> I want a sushi roll. I want to try some of that wasabi. Uh, but Thursday and Sunday is usually your cheat day, right? Just Thursday. Oh, okay. maybe the the rest of the weekend it becomes a cheat weekend, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you typically only see the stories on Thursday. I see. Every day for me is a cheat day. That's the good life. You know, that's that's, that's life the worth life. enjoying. No, yeah. that's the life worth enjoying, you know? Yeah. Have your cheat meals without... Gotta without make any- myself happy. I'm a big guy, you know? I love <laughs> to eat. So, and I'm a diet, smiet, who, you know, who cares? But uh, today on the show, what are we talking about? Well, uh, are you yeah. a fan of Marvel? I'm a big, uh, I mean, we were talking about something before we talk about afternoon cut. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the reason I brought up pizza is because astronauts actually, they threw in outer space, more specifically on the International Space Station, a world pizza party. Ooh. The video was actually all over social media. People were having a good laugh at those astronauts kind of running after the pizza because we know that in outer space, gravity Everything is, very is floating. Yeah. yeah. And we do know that astronauts kind of have very disgusting food, if I may. Yes. I know they, they drink out of these uh, these little boxes yeah. where everything's just blended. Food so, is dry. It's like powder. Oh, my God. But uh, So the question is, are they actually physically eating pizza in space? What's, what was interesting is, yes. So okay. they had the pizzas. They were kind of following them, <laughs> running after them. Yeah. But... You know, it actually happened. They had pepperoni pizza. They had... What's your favorite type of pizza? For me, all meats. I can't get enough. I I can't just have pepperoni. I got to have meat and chicken and turkey and... All over. Extra cheese. Double trouble. That's how we like it. (laughs) Well, we definitely had that type of pizza in outer space. And what was interesting is they were all enjoying the pizza and they tweeted saying that they had a floating pizza night with friends and it almost felt like a normal day back on earth but in the international space station you got you got to make do with what you got you know and uh, pizza is one of those universal uh, foods you you cannot hate pizza (laughs) if you hate pizza you have a problem there's something something happened in your life where you know something traumatic (laughs) or whatever it is but for you to say that you hate pizza that means you just didn't find the right kind of pizza 
Did you ever think, though, how did they get the pizza delivered? Oh, they, of course, used Talabat. <laughs> talabat, yeah, sure. Or Zomato. Or, and- you know, uh, Talabat's new uh, delivery service, Talabat Beyond, you know? <laughs> Great tagline. Yeah, Deliveroo. Delivers all the way to outer space. Take it to space and back. Oh my God. Hey, oh, inside joke. Um, <laughs> with what's it, what was interesting is they actually had Pizza Hot pizzas delivered to outer space. Okay, that's like the biggest marketing stunt they could yep. ever do. You can't yep. you can't out hut the Pizza Hut. That's that's what <laughs> usually they like to brag about. <laughs> no, it's, they actually did this. That is an actual tagline. Right, check check out. out uh, can't you can't out out hut. The Pizza Hut. Yep. Honestly, we got to do it. Where's yep. the claps? Yep. 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 But you know what's great to celebrate the weekend with whenever mm. we're eating pizza? What is? Afternoon karak. Yes, the afternoon karak. <laughs> After a nice slice of pizza, grab yourself a hot cup of, of karak. Uh, this hour, we're talking, we're reviewing mm-hmm. the fourth episode of Marvel's What If. This is a new anthology series from mm-hmm. uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it, it takes your normal, all the superheroes you know, mm-hmm. and they give them like sort of like a multi-universe twist. So, for example, what if uh, instead of Captain America, it was Captain Britain? Or is he just as good looking as Captain America? <laughs> I'd say Captain Britain, and it's a woman this time around. No way! It's Peggy Carter instead of Steve Rogers. Okay. And, and this episode, we're dealing with Doctor Strange, and uh, what if he used his powers for ulterior motives? Mm. And uh, it has a really interesting story behind it. Definitely check out uh, the, sh- the the show itself. But if you've watched the episode yourself, join in this hour. We're going to be talking all about that. And there's tons of other stories, everything from Netflix and even Venom 2. So be sure my to stay tuned for that. My sister is so excited for Venom 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> Except the fact that it got delayed, unfortunately. We're going to have to wait till oh, next year. What? Yeah, it's supposed to come out this October. Yes. Is it delayed? Delayed till no- January. And I'm not going to ruin her weekend. It seems like maybe, just maybe, they're going for a lower rating instead of r rating they're gonna go for pg-13 which mm-hmm. could affect this movie's integrity in my opinion but stay tuned let's That's, talk about it that is such sad sad news for the weekend why a little good news a little bad news you know just get you, you got you get it all you got to rip the band-aid <laughs> as fast as you can you know that way you don't feel the the pain, the pain that much. true exactly. 4 to 5 p.m make sure you catch the afternoon karak with the duo you've heard Mikel Atiyah and he'll be joined by Aisha Mazmi every single weekday and catch me again and Tani Balqis from 2 to 3 p.m on Sunday we want to wish you a beautiful afternoon and a great weekend we'll see you on Sunday this is Pulse 95 tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m